Alright, what's up everybody and welcome to episode number 61 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for uh, Saturday, August 26, 2017. I feel like mentally I'm in a whirlwind right now because it's not Wednesday and Mike isn't here. I'm doing this podcast solo. No, 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 come on. Whoa, where'd you come from there, fella? <laughs> oh, can't, can't sneak up behind me like that and start rubbing my shoulders without my consent. <laughs> That's called sexual harassment, Mike. How you doing, by the way? I'm doing fine. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, the reason why we're doing it on Saturday, for those of you who don't know this already, um, is because I am now going to college at WCU Vancouver, and I'm going full-time, so I really don't have the time to be able to do the podcast on the normal time because of the schedule for school and everything. Uh, Mike's, so, t- Mike's taking a full load. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So um, that's the main reason why it's still... Making the time for the podcast, though, because it's fun and uh, it's a nice way for me to unwind and it's something to look forward to after a busy week of of school. So speaking of that, that kind of ties into what I wanted to mention. Uh, how how are you guys and uh, and gals and how was the eclipse? Did you see it? Did you see did you see totality? Uh, the path of totality. Do you have total recall of the total <laughs> eclipse? I didn't see the whole eclipse because I only was in an area where it was 98%, which was kind of disappointing because you're thinking 98% isn't going to be that much of a difference. But when it comes to something as bright as the sun, it definitely is. So yeah, I, I still saw like a sliver of the sun. Now, I was only able to actually see it because of the special Bill Nye, the science guy, eclipse glasses that I I shared with some random people I just met on campus and just followed them around and they let me use the the pair of glasses that they had. One of the the guys, he went and got a pair of glasses uh, from uh, a booth on campus we're supposed to have 900 of them but something happened with the supplier and we only ended up with 400 so they ended up doing this whole thing where it's all like oh only oh we'll give you some glasses but you have to have be in a group and share them when you said you were following them around i i could just imagine them being like just let him use the glasses and maybe he'll go away (laughs) (laughs) that's actually not what happened they're actually really nice yeah, so, well, I mean, hey, you live in the progressive uh, Northwest, so I'm sure everybody's very friendly and open there, unlike the shitty Southeast where I live. Can you imagine if you're trying to do that with the, you know people there? They'd probably, you know, like, piss Hold off. on, buddy. Hold on. These are my fancy sun sky-watching specs. You get your own goddamn sky-watching specs. No, actually, no, down here they'd be like, well, our president didn't use them, so I ain't either. I'm staring right up there. At, Ow, it burns my eyes, but it's, uh, Donald Trump didn't do it, so I ain't doing it neither. And I'm getting the best vision here. I'm getting the best I'm getting, sight. Uh, I've seen it with what God done give me, naturally, my own two eyeballs. That's the best way to watch that goddamn eclipse. Sorry, Lord, I just, I said God, and then in the next sentence I said goddamn, so it's kind of ironic, but. I'm a walking contradiction. What can I say? 
Well, I really went in depth with that Southern guy I just made up. No, I saw I saw it too. I was actually on my way to the dentist to get two fucking fillings. Um, Ooh, fun, fun times. Yeah, it was, a, it was a barrel of fucking monkeys, I'll tell you that. Uh, I was downtown and I realized, oh, this this little eclipse thing's about to happen. Because I got to tell you guys, I didn't give two the shits. The traffic with- was murder over here because there were a lot of people. There was somebody coming from China over here. Like, I couldn't even believe this guy was telling me, and he was like, yeah, I saw a bus, it was from China. I'm like, how the fuck did that get th- get here? Dude, I, I just don't see what all the big did deal Did they put the about. bus on, on a boat, and then, like, how, are they rich? They must be. They have to be. That, that shit probably isn't cheap at all. I, yeah, I know. It really was a bit disappointing when you think about it. It's like, oh, it's the first clip since 1970-something, and... Then you see it, and it's like, oh, it's the slow-moving thing, and, Look, and the, this black thing just kind of if I could have, covers if I the could have, sun. If I could have walked out of my door and looked up in the sky and seen the moon or whatever eclipsing the sun completely, and then it went dark for a bit in the middle of the day, I would have seen that, and I would have said, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. And I would have walked yeah. inside and went about my fucking day. But if yeah. you talk to anybody else, good lord! I mean, there were people probably having like eclipse parties, like these mega blowouts. They were, yeah. There were there were people who were uh, having reservations. There was one thing I heard: somebody actually ended up. They had reservations at their B and R, their bed and bread, you know, a B and B, B and R. That's Barnes and Nobles. At, at their B and B, bread and bed and a bed and blah blah blah, God blah, damn, blah bed and breakfast. <laughs> uh, at the bed and breakfast. But then they ended up canceling them in a really shrewd move because the reservations that they had set up earlier were cheaper. So then they ended up setting them back up again after they canceled them with higher prices wow. because of the eclipse. Yeah, and let me just say, I don't know how those sunglass those those special solar eclipse glasses worked for you, but for me, like there was a girl who was standing next to me who let me try hers on. It was overcast in Jacksonville, first of all. So there was yeah. overcast skies. Well, it was beautiful blue skies out here yeah well aren't you fucking special it was it's it it, isn't that special we've traded weather this summer it has been rainy and overcast all summer in florida and apparently it hasn't been like that over where you live but yeah i I looked through those glasses you couldn't see a damn thing i mean it's overcast that's one of the main things uh if you're seeing it and it's overcast you're you're pretty much shit out of luck. Well, I still stare. So. I still stared up at the sun. Like you could kind of see it. Like if it, if if it was like a, just yeah. a little bit of clouds, you could totally yeah. you could see it. Did you did you see you know the? It, I'm just thinking about the people, the massive amount of people who stare straight into the sun. It reminds me of that uh, bonus segment we did on on Patreon where we talked about the Kentucky visions the, or whatever the Kentucky visions. Yeah, where they saw it's angels. Gold. <laughs> And she was, I looked over to my best friend and she was covered in gold. It wasn't the fact that I was just staring at the sun for five minutes and now everything <laughs> looks shiny and, you know, it's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I stared straight up at the sun and yeah, I, I had some shit in front of my eyes for a little bit, but it went away and, and I'm fine, apparently. I don't know, maybe I'm not, but uh, yeah, then right <laughs> after the eclipse, I had to go and get two fucking fillings. Um, so yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Dude, I know people who left Jacksonville... And they drove all the way up to South Carolina. Um, I forget which city it was. All the way up to South Carolina, 
I th- uh, it wasn't Charlottesville. Uh, just just so they could be in the path of totality. Um, and so like you know, God knows how long of a drive that was. Po- at least yeah. four hours or so. Yeah. You know, skipping out on work or whatever to see this thing that really, I don't know. And then there's these people that like these these like uh, pontificating assholes have to get on Facebook, and they have to be all like, for a moment. We all stared at the sky instead of staring at our cell phones. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Did you post this on Facebook using the mobile app on your phone? Yeah, exactly. So shut the fuck up. Fucking hypocrite. Uh, Yeah, I hate these people who act like they themselves are so uh, unplugged from society as they post on a social media website. Like, it's like, yeah, dude, I know it sucks. I'm not a huge fan of it, but everybody constantly is staring into their cell phone. It's the world we live in now. Get used to it. You know, yeah. and yes, every now and then, if the if the the moon eclipses the sun, maybe maybe we'll uh-huh. look up from our phones. But uh, I gotta imagine there was a lot of people watching that shit yeah. on their cell phone, <laughs> the eclipse. Yeah. So speaking of technology, that ties right into the first segment we will be discussing on oh, today's wait, wait. episode. Before we do that, though, I got one more thing about the eclipse. There was they had okay. this like little news show on in the dentist office, and yeah. they were like. You know, we're doing live coverage of the solar eclipse or the lunar, whatever the fuck. Solar eclipse. Wow, this is crazy. And they had uh, Bonnie Tyler or whoever it was. Who, yeah, I know. Yeah. Who did singing the Singing with her blown out voice. Yeah, singing Total Eclipse of the Heart like, it's got the word eclipse in the title, therefore we they gotta listen that to it. On the la- they were playing that on the speakers at campus, just blaring <sighs> it. That makes, that is so... And then the, and then the girl, uh, I think a girlfriend of the guy who let me borrow his glasses, you know, share the glasses... He, she was playing Total Clips of the Heart on her cell phone. Oh my, dude, that is so cringe. Like, how bad does that make you cringe that, that... And, and Total Clips of the Heart went to number one on iTunes. Like, how, how basic are people? You know what I mean? Like, how fucking basic... It's got Eclipse in the song title, and there's an eclipse happening in the sky. There's other Eclipse songs you could probably... You could play Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, the whole fucking album. Black Hole Sun. Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Black Hole Sun would have been a fine choice, other than this shitty-ass Bonnie Tyler... I actually don't mind the song, but yeah, I could see why. Especially if you're hearing it uh, from her blown-out voice, uh, circa 2017. What, is she German or something? She had, like, this weird accent. She always sounded like she she had smoked, like, seven packs a day anyway, and, and drank shots of scotch with razor blades. So... Which is main? I think something happened. She, I think she had like surgery or something, and then something got messed up. I don't remember precisely what is the case, but that's what led to her voice sounding like that. I just that, thought that was so stupid. It's like uh, you know, which, and it makes sense that her voice would just get even worse as the years went on because, yeah, that's like she sang the song too that was uh, "I Need a Hero." She sang that. Yeah, that one's that, that one's not as played out as Total Eclipse of Have the Heart. You- have you seen the music video for Total Clips of the Heart? No. It is a fucking trip. Sh- should it is I- a trippy-ass music video. Should I revive you know, my uh, Shittio series to, to talk about that video? You could. I mean, it's it, it's one of those where it's just like, this does not fit with the song at all. It's this, you got these creepy people with wide eyes and shit. 
Yeah. Dude, the 80s was the wild She's, west of music videos. Like, they just threw shit on except, the wall. Except when you have, like, some really lame ones. Like, there's a heart music video, and this is around the time when Ann Wilson was overweight. So they just would hide her behind a bunch of boxes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, like the 80s is notorious for like their god awful music videos. I mean, the only like Loverboy by Billy Ocean. Oh my god, what a weird ass music video. I mean, it's, it's like he's in, in in a Star Wars cantina ripoff place with people who look like aliens and shit. Oh wow, and he's riding around on horseback, and there's this other guy who's like a horseman riding on a motor, riding on horseback and on the beach, and and the song is I wanna be your Lover, lover, lover boy. And then you're watching the music video, you're like, what the f- who the f- what, what were they smoking? This is some fucking crazy ass shit to come up with the idea for this music yeah, video. Yeah, and then Michael Jackson and Peter Gabriel came around and blew everyone's fucking minds, and they're like, oh shit, we could, we should actually start putting effort into these, because they, this can Stop motion. This can be an art form if you do it right. Oh yeah, like Sledgehammer. Yeah. I mean that's the that was that that video still holds up today. It's brilliant, you know. I mean, go out and watch yeah. Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel or uh, uh, Genesis, the Land the of Confusion. Land of Confusion. Yeah, that's another good one. That is indeed another good one. Guys, you see what happens when me and Mike get about two weeks of a vacation from the podcast. We come back fresh and invigorated. Yeah, no, I'm not saying we should do it every other week, but you know. A break every now and then is kind of nice, I'm not going to lie. So, technology. Now, I guess we can, we could, we uh, speaking of technology, we could plug some stuff, plug some technology. Wow, Mike's actually bringing up the plugs for once. That's weird. It's usually me doing that. (laughs) I just thought we'd get that out of the way before we talk about some more technology-related stuff. So if you want to uh, support us on Patreon, you should consider doing so. It's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Um, we have various rewards and perks for the various uh, donations. Um, the podcast you, comes out early if you throw in, I think, $3 a month or something like that. Yep. It, um, it, it, you know, With this weird schedule, obviously it didn't come out early this week, but it usually comes out early. So, you know, whatever, calm down with that. Nobody said anything, Josh. Stop being defensive. Okay, fine. Internal monologue over. Uh, you can also become a fan of our Facebook group. Just go on Facebook and uh, look for the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries group. It's very interactive and fun. Moderated by one Thomas Hatfield. Hope he's doing good out there, Thomas, back in Texas with the hurricane. Situation. Yeah, I hope he's all right. Um, hurricane Harvey. Why every every time they name a damn hurricane, it's this most unassuming. It's like this most unassuming name possible. Hurricane Cadence. <laughs> Ninety people die. Damn it, Cadence. Sorry. <laughs> um. Well, you can also like our normal Facebook page, which there's kind of no point to because. I mean, Facebook doesn't exactly make the fan pages like very user friendly, but that's also uncovering unexplained mysteries. If you want to give that yep. a thumbs up, uh, yep. there's also you can like review our podcast on Facebook, but it I don't think it does any good. But no. I, I like accidentally turned on the function to where people could review our shit. And we've had like 40 or 50 people review our podcast on there and they all give us like five stars, which I'm so thankful for. But it does yeah. it does nothing it, like it does nothing at all. Uh, if you really want to help us out, 
Uh, go on our iTunes page and look up Ununcovering Unexplained Mysteries and review us on iTunes. That really, uh, that really does help a lot. Um, that helps bump our podcast up in the recommendations and all that and, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, if you could do that, that'd, that would be great, man. Um, so, yeah. I think, hey, do it. Do it now. Do it. Oh, my. Jeez. Uh, the the chit chat. There's just so much to talk about. That's not really it's unsolved mysteries. Uh, who's your money on for the uh, McGregor uh, Mayweather fight? <laughs> 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 Pulling something else out of my ass to talk about. Uh, 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 I, I'd like to see M- McGregor kick uh, Mayweather's ass because I'm honestly I've I, I have never been a fan of Mayweather and his defensive style of boxing. It's boring. He's ruined the sport. He's one of the main reasons why boxing is is failed to be a draw for many many years because his top star is a guy who doesn't even want to get in a fight. That's another story. Um, but really, what this is is it's a whole giant fucking joke. It's the gr- movie The Great White Hype in real life, and I highly recommend anybody who is listening to go check that movie out. You got Samuel Jackson in the cast, Damon Wayans. John Lovitz, Peter Berg, great cast, Jeff Goldblum as well, a young Jamie Foxx, and it's a fast-paced, funny, way ahead of its time, brilliant satire of boxing and boxing promotion. And it is, in a lot of ways, the precursor to the McGregor-Mayweather fight. Yeah, I've... I've, I've, uh obviously never seen it um that's no no question even had to be asked if i had seen it or not i mean obviously i haven't but uh i don't know like i i i'm interested in it because you know you got the mixed martial arts guy and the boxing guy and you know that's as far as i'm going to take this because when i listen to podcasts and they start talking about sports i get like i'm like disgusted i'm like god stop talking about sports i don't give a shit so i am not don't even ask me about the Cowboys. I'll just go on, and then we won't have time to do anything else. So don't even ask me. Okay, so let's get to our <laughs> first case here on the Unsolved Mysteries. Another a technology-related thing, uh, and this time it's vintage technology. And I want to bring up... Do you still have that photo? I do. I'll send of, it to you. Okay, I'd appreciate that, because it, it really does help put things in, into perspective. Yeah, you know, you like the whole technology thing is uh it, it it's like it grows in leaps and bounds every year. This was in 1992, folks, when this happened. Yeah, it grows in leaps and bounds every year and you don't realize um just how far you've come sometimes until you look back at shows like this and and you can actually see almost 30 years. Yeah. And and, and the computer that they're talking about in this case um it is it was for video editing okay yeah so this is a computer that went up for sale on the, the version of craigslist that existed back then and this is its specs and ultimate because it's all in caps ultimate power ultimate power apple quadra 950 4 gig hard drive 4 gig Okay, but 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 back for 1992. That's that was really in, good. That was insane. That, that's ridiculous. That was insane. Four gigabytes. We weren't even yeah. talking in gigabytes in in the 90s. We were talking in megabytes and kilobytes. Yeah, if you told somebody about a terabyte back then, they'd be like, "What?" Yeah, 
Like even in Weird Al's song, uh, all about the Pentiums, he's he's ta- he says, uh, you know, this he's throwing it's all out. about the Pentiums, baby. Yeah, I think he says he has a two terabyte hard drive or something. I think he used terabyte yeah. to future proof that song a little bit because mm-hmm. we were so far from terabytes. But now uh, a two terabyte hard drive is not out of the question. And we no, are I, getting I just, super bu- nerdy on I you right now. I bought it. Oh, did I you? bought one. It, it's a, it's a flash drive. Oh, it's a two flash terabyte drive. flash drive. Oh, damn. So uh, four gig hard drive. I love how it says gig, not GB. 30 megabyte RAM. 125 megabyte optical drive and discs, 24 super high resolution color display, 24,000 OBO or ABO. Or best offer. That's what that means. 24,000, okay. 24,000 or best offer, XXXXXXXX. Then they block out the phone number, obviously. Computer video controller and non-linear video editing system, video FX hardware and software can bundle with computer ten thousand dollars or best offer dude twenty four thousand dollars in 1992 which is essentially fifty thousand dollars in nowadays time yeah for a piece of tech a piece of technology that you you could honestly you couldn't get it now because it's so under perform that's such an underperforming mm-hmm. computer that that you couldn't even buy a computer that crappy now like if you wanted no. to so and that yeah. that's just been in the span of well, 25 years is actually kind of a long time yeah. if you think about it, but yeah, it is. But I mean, when when you compare other years though of our history and how technology has advanced, we've advanced super far ahead of what a lot of people's expectations were, and a lot faster with certain things. Almost technology scary, related. kind of scary. Almost, it is fast. scary. Look at the 50s compared to now. I feel and like I'm sure somebody could come with some conspiracy theory be like, oh, look at how technology has advanced since Roswell. Hey, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to believing that. I wouldn't either, to be honest. I've always kind of I've always honestly been one of the few guys who's actually kind of lent lent some weight to that theory. But anyway, this case took place in September of nineteen ninety two. There was a music video company in Nashville, Tennessee that ran ads for a CPU and monitor that we just mentioned in the classified section of a newspaper. On October 7th, a man calling himself Tom Johnson, one of the most generic names imaginable, inquired, saying he was a freelance computer programmer and database consultant. It's so generic, it sounds like it's made up to me. It does. A few days later, Tom met with Jeremy Rolfs, a videotape editor, for a demonstration of the equipment. The two agreed on a price of $31,000, and afterwards, Tom requested that the equipment be delivered to Marietta, Georgia. At first, the equipment was set to be delivered directly to Tom's office, but Tom said that the directions were so complex that it, it would be easier to meet up at the Knight's Inn, a motel in town. At 1.30 a.m. on October 24th, Jeremy and his fiance Heather o- Uffelman, set off for Marietta. They arrived at the hotel at 7.30 that morning. Tom said his business partner had the, business partner had the check and would be along in about half an hour. So Jeremy and Heather went out for breakfast. At about 8, Tom suggested that they load the computer into his car while they waited, which they agreed to do. For 20 minutes, the three made small talk in Tom's motel room before Tom pulled out a gun. Now, this particular segment, when I first saw it, 
just absolutely stunned me. I, I it actually left me speechless at, during certain sequences, especially when I saw how it all unfolded. It's absolutely completely unexpected how things ended up turning out for the worse. Now, also, I would have to say this segment, it's a pretty short segment, but it's really well done. Uh, whoever directed it, whoever did the editing, whoever did the cinematography, they really outdid themselves. I, it also did, a like a lot of these segments in this show, it used the music really well to really set up this really dark, foreboding mood. And uh, it's surprisingly bloody for a network television show, which I'll, I'll get to more in more detail a little bit later. So I'm actually quoting, I, I actually wrote down some quotes from uh, Jeremy here. He was very eloquent in this uh, segment. And I like the way he, he's talking here. This is, this is after Tom Johnson pulled out a gun and he's describing his thoughts on the situation. The person we had been talking to before was this thoughtful, introspective guy interested in computers. And then this person who was pointing the gun was cold, calculating, and deliberate. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. So then Tom had Jeremy and Heather lay down on the ground and roll themselves up in a bed sheet before he hit both of them repeatedly in the head with a hammer. It's kind of smart. Yeah, I guess, but it's a super brutal way to to take somebody out. As a detective might say, this was a very personal way of, of uh, injuring somebody. Yeah. So, uh, the guy here, Jeremy, is quoted again, and, and he's talks about he describes what happened and so i turn my head away from him and then a second later i hear a sharp buzzing in my ear almost like a siren and the whole room spins because he struck me in the back of the head and then he moved over to heather and i saw him raise his hand up and bring it down and when he did heather screamed this horrible scream so he kept hitting her so he came back over and he hit me more and then he went back over and he hit her more and then as he backed out of the room still pointing the gun at us he dusted the countertop for fingerprints as he walked out of the room. That's just evil man. That's just yeah. fucking evil to this do that. This guy is a sadistic son of a bitch. And the this quote here really really did get me choked up the first time I saw this segment because you can tell that Jeremy is absolutely devastated by this and who wouldn't be, but just hearing it in his voice is just really powerful. I agree, yeah. I, I also noted that. And as soon as he left, I crawled over to Heather and I told her that I was going to get help and we were going to be okay. And what I saw haunts me. I I can't get the picture out of my head that someone would hurt such a gentle person. I can't either. Because he the, this uh Tom Johnson guy, he eventually he killed her. Cuz she was hit so many times in the head that she was taken to the hospital and she died of head injuries. 
Now, I mean, in the way they showed this, the slow-mo, the music, everything, it's extremely effective. And it's one of those things that's just such a brutal way to take someone out, to kill somebody. Yeah, I mean, like, I- I've never had... Just over a computer. I've never had the head trauma like that, but, like, I can only imagine how that would feel to just get, like, yeah. bashed in the fucking head with a hammer. Like, that is not a way that you would want to go out. And the poor girl, man, like, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I took some notes on this shit, too, and... um you know the the guy the guy in the reenactment like he he looks like what society would think a typical nerd would look like you know he's got yeah. the the big glasses and all but then again it was the 90s so like everyone wore those big glasses so then it's so it's kind of hard to really know but he, he just kind of had a nerdy look to he looked her. like a computer nerd yeah he did um and i just remember thinking like this other guy it was he was just so sleazy uh, as far as like how elaborate and how far he went to make this seem like it was a legitimate deal he met him up at the motel he even puts a computer in the back of you know the guy's truck and he's just such so fucking backstabbing you know like out of nowhere you know him and his uh fiance are waiting around this hotel with this tom whatever the fuck and you know he eventually he's like all right man tom johnson tom johnson all right, man, you know, where's your where's your boss at? You know, we're tired of, you know, you know, we've been waiting. We haven't slept for almost 30 hours. And then all of a sudden, Tom Johnson pulls out a gun and he's like, oh, we can wrap this deal up right now. And all of a sudden, it's just like, are you fucking serious, dude? Are you serious? Are you is this really what this has become now? And, you know, here you've driven all the way to, you know, uh, where where was it? Somewhere in Georgia, wasn't it like Atlanta or something? Marietta. Marietta, Georgia. You've driven all this way from Nashville to Marietta, Georgia, and, you know, your fiance's with you. Obviously, you like her enough to to where you want to marry her. And then that bullshit happened. I mean, dude, oh, forget about it. I would be so traumatized for the rest of my life, and he and he was, you know. I mean, he's, he's in silhouette for this interview, you know, so you can't see what he yeah. looks like. And even in silhouette, it's crazy how much he conveyed that emotion it, through his yeah, voice and, and, and he's even fidgeting around you know in the interview so you can see that like this guy is still so disturbed by this i i would be i, I would never want to sell anything in a classified ad ever again and that's I, and that's another thing like i feel like a lot of the horror stories uh they didn't begin on craigslist you know there's always no. there's always been horror stories uh as far as meeting up with strangers from the internet. People are talking about the Craigslist killer, and yes, that did happen, but there was stuff like this before in the classifieds. Yeah, I mean, everybody has this in the back of their mind when they go uh, and they have that, they make that Craigslist deal with somebody. You know, that's why it's always smart to meet somebody in a public place. Um, unfortunately for me, I'm looking for band members at the moment for my band Dancing with Ghosts, so I put an ad on Craigslist. I actually have people coming here to my house. So I'm not too thrilled about that, but I keep I'm keeping like pepper spray in my back pocket. And if they try anything (laughs) funny, like I won't hesitate to bust that shit out and immobilize them. You might say, oh, you're a guy, you're a pussy, you know, need to use pepper spray, whatever, dude. I'm no fucking Floyd Mayweather or Colin McGregor. So I would rather pepper spray somebody and and immobilize them so I can escape rather than 
you know, try it out with them like, oh, you know, put up your dukes, buddy. We're going to have a gentleman fight right now. But, <laughs> you know, this this segment is also fascinating in the sense that you are dealing with old technology. Yeah. And at the end of the segment, holy shit, when Robert Stack stands next to the exact model of the computer, yeah. it <laughs> Stack looks like a little tiny person. This computer yeah. was enormous. The fucking monitor was huge. It reminded me almost of like those, uh, it wasn't quite the size of this, but like those old big screen TVs people would buy yeah, for their houses. The old CRT TVs. Yeah, yeah, they were like, the picture was god awful, but it was like, you know, 70 inches. Yeah. And it was just a big square Klondike uh-huh. bar looking thing. <laughs> My aunt and uncle had one of those things and the picture the picture on those things were they, they were just awful and the some of them were good. It depends it depended on what brand and what kind of you know what you were buying. I guess I remember though from my childhood when I'd see those in stores. Those always had the dimmest picture. Um, yeah. The the screen was like a like a well, vinyl. It's hard to really compare those to HD flat screens or four K flat screens of today. It's a completely different. Technology. Well, no, I know that, but I'm saying like even for back then, like like CRTs yeah. can put out good picture in four eighty by six twenty or whatever the fuck. Um, but uh, yeah, look at me trying to get all technical here. I'm in a da- yeah. I'm in dangerous territory right now. Uh, but no, like yeah, the you're in shallow waters. I am. I'm on thin ice. But yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was fascinating to see kind of that aspect of it in this big yeah. ass computer that Robert Stack's standing next to. <laughs> and it's just like God, mm. the 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 amount of scenarios that they put Robert Stack in, it just always makes me kind of giggle a little bit you know because there is a little bit of a campiness to it because it is so it is such old technology you know but yeah it's an older show so it fits so they were rushed to the hospital after they got hit by the hammer and uh heather succumbed to her injuries and jeremy was released police questioned witnesses and they searched the motel room one of the few clues they found was the hammer which was still wrapped in plastic and it even had the strip on it that told you how much it weighed and what brand it was and everything the police also learned about an hour before the attack while jeremy and heather were having breakfast a woman at the motel complained of a lot of noise coming from tom's room the police believed the woman may have been an accomplice of tom's trying to sabotage the plan when she learned he had intended to murder them instead of steal Tom's car was a black cherry or dark brown colored Dodge Dynasty with a red interior and Tennessee plates. At the time, he was in his late 20s or early 30s. He would today be in his 40s or 50s. He is approximately 6 foot and weighs 165 pounds. He has sandy brown hair and may be wearing glasses. At the time, he was wearing an expensive pair of boots made of either snake or alligator skin. The stolen computer was an Apple Quadra 950. It was it is used for desktop publishing and videotape editing. The monitor was a 24-inch super high-resolution color display. Investigators have evidence that Tom Johnson pulled a similar scam just one week before Hever's murder, but for unknown reasons, he never showed up for the appointment. Now, Jeremy and Hever's family later created the Huffer the Heather. <laughs> The Heifer. The Huffer? The, the Huffer, the Heifer. <laughs> Later created the Heather Uffelman Memorial Scholarship in her honor. Tragically, though, Jeremy was later killed in March 31st, 1997, in a car accident in South Africa. 
He was hit head-on by a driver who had apparently fallen asleep at the wheel. He was 27 years old. Uh, that one really is hitting me right in the heart. This guy had a rough life. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, the last few years of his life, anyway, were rough. Uh, Jesus, I mean... I mean it was 1992 this happened. The segment ran in 1994. So after the segment ran, he lived only for three more years and then died in some car accident where he had no control over what happened. Yeah, it's like, young too. What the fuck were you doing in South Africa? You know. Well, I don't think that's the issue. I don't think just being in South Africa is why he got hit by a car. But you know, probably other things that also were in play there. The identity the identity of Heather's killer has never been revealed. However, public opinion has since suggested that a computer company owner from Nashville named Tom Steeples may have been the killer. Steeples had committed a double murder in a hotel room in April 1994 that was eerily similar to the attack on Heather and Jeremy. However, Steeples died in prison in 1994 without ever being officially connected to this case. Jesus, that sucks. And, you know, I, I always do this at least. It's kind of a tradition on this podcast, and it might be crude or whatever, but in case any of you are wondering... Uh, the girl, the fiance, the girl, Heather was her name, Uffelman. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she was in fact attractive. I'm sorry. I have to comment on it. It's not taking anything away from her death. It's adding to her life. She was attractive. She had that nerdy girl look to her. Like, like, you know, like all she'd have to do is like take those big ass glasses off and let her hair down and she'd be like a babe, you know? It's like in those movies where the nerd, where where it's like, oh, she's the nerdy girl, and then she gets the makeover at the end, and and like yeah. the guy, you know, the the guy, the main character of the movie or whatever is like, whoa, mm-hmm. head turn, the hot, the nerd chick upgraded to hot chick. You now take precedent. Um, kind of shallow in those movies how they do that, yeah. but they they do do that. I have nothing to do with that, obviously, but uh, yeah, no, she was pretty hot. So yeah, do do with that what you may, which may be nothing. Radio no si- radio silence from Mike. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a brutal case. Um, and yeah, it is pretty shocking how they were able to get with get away with so much on this particular segment. There's blood everywhere. They're really bloody segment i i'd have to think though at that time on tv like like limits were trying to be pushed since it was kind of more like getting more towards like the mid 90s you know because it's like now on on network television like when when it comes see the united states is a paradox because we act so puritanical with our laws against prostitution and weed and stuff like that because you know we're a quote-unquote christian nation right but then when it comes to like blood and gore and violence on TV, oh, that's totally fine now. Like you can you can, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. That's fine. Like I when I was doing the um I did an episode on my YouTube channel which uh where I reviewed ghost shows, like, you know, all the ghost shows that are on TV or that were on TV at one point. And then I got to the show Ghost Adventures and they have a reenactment on that show where a prisoner, they're depicting a prisoner, and he gets a fucking shiv right in his neck, and they show him... I have to turn her away. They show him j- literally jamming this this, this spherical... I think you've, you've, 
you've said that. Yeah. Yeah. They sh- they jam yeah. it right. I cut. I I repeat. It bears repeating because it's so <laughs> shocking that that shit was on. You know, a kid could watch that. You know, and and that's that's disturbing. You know, like I don't know. Well, a kid could watch this show too and see a scene like that. Well, obviously, in, uh, many this particular segment. Many kids did see this show. And be disturbed. Many kids did see this show. That's how we have our fan base that we have today. Yeah, because <laughs> kids saw the show. I was one of those and kids. Th- so was I. And, and it we did. It did disturb me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it did disturb me, but in a good way. Um, because <laughs> because I don't watch all the other shit that's disturbed me. I yeah. stay away from it. But this keeps me coming back. Because because with a show like Unsolved Mysteries, they'll show you this segment, and then the very next segment will have you crying and fucking heartwarmed warmed as shit after a a, uh, a a reunion. You know, they'll be reuniting two people uh, from opposite walks of life who helped each other out at one point, and it's heartwarming as shit. It's like you're sitting there crying and tearing up, and it's like, how can a show scare me, horrify me, and then make me cry at the end? With the feelings of love and warmth delivered by the man himself, Robert Stack. That, this show is a masterpiece, but I, I digress. <laughs> so we were talking about the solar eclipse. And so Josh felt that it would be a proper time to talk about the Mexico City UFO segment, which is on the box set and it is on Amazon. In case you're wondering, uh, the segment we just talked about with the computer theft slash murder, that is on episode 20 of season six. This segment is on the box set, the UFO set, and it's also on episode five of season seven on Amazon Prime. Yeah, and you know, that's the only reason I'm talking about this uh, segment. Yeah, because I honestly thought this segment, while it is one of the most compelling ones in terms of visual evidence... I do remember seeing this one covered on Sightings as well, pretty extensively early on, because I think Sightings was airing around the same time that Unsolved Mysteries was when they were covering this. Ow! Get off! <laughs> we just have some. We just had some live uh, when animals attack going on here. Forgive me, folks. Uh, Olympus, my cat, has decided he wants to keep leaping up on top of my chair, so I'm I'm trying to get him to stop doing that. And in the process of me trying to get him off of there, I guess he got his claw stuck in my shirt and kind of so do you, got do, me in do the you back still of my like, neck. Do you still like the cat, Mike? Yes, I do. He's just... This is just a, a recent thing he's been doing that I don't like. But other than that, he's fine. So anyway, yeah, um, no, but this seg- this <laughs> this segment, um, I, what I was gonna say is the only reason I'm talking about the segment is because it has to do with the eclipse, not at all because to do with the path of totality, not at all because I like UFOs or anything. It, it, it has nothing to do with that, you know. It has nothing to do. Yes, there. This happens to be a UFO segment, and I happen to have a UFO tattooed on my arm, um, and I'm kind of obsessed with UFOs. But yeah, all that aside, you know, this has to do with the eclipse and. But I will say, though, there is a reason why we're just getting to this one. It's a pretty weak UFO it is. case. And the main interview is Jaime Musan, which is, uh, God bless him. He speaks better English than I would Spanish. But uh, the pronunciations of, of some words that he pronounces really like shreds yeah. on me. Like, Well, this is also the one where Robert Stack really 
yes. brings out his. I was going uh, to bring that up. Robert's his accent. Yeah, Robert you know, Sack his... shows off his language prowess in this segment by uh, pronouncing some of the Spanish stuff. Because not many people know this, but Robert Stack spoke like three different languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of European languages, but he did speak some Spanish, which I guess is technically a European language. Um, I, I think this one's pretty compelling with the visual evidence, but everything else in it isn't that compelling. So the stuff, the videotape footage and things like that is the stuff that makes you go like, whoa, okay, well, that, might, that actually might be a UFO. But then the interviews and stuff, it's just this one guy. There isn't as much. There's like this other kid too, but he doesn't have that much to say. It's a pretty short segment too. So on July 11th, 1991, the last total eclipse of the century occurred. And that, that was true, I guess, because, you know, now we're in a new century. Um, good job, Josh. You get a gold star. Thanks. Uh, for the residents of Mexico City, the eclipse prompted a festive celebration. Again, I don't understand why, but live your life. Thousands took to the streets as one of the world's largest cities was plunged into total darkness in the middle of broad daylight. Now, that see, now if that had happened here a few days ago, that would have been cool. Yeah, it didn't get totally dark. Yeah. It, it got darker, and it was all of a sudden pretty cold, but... And that was that was pretty eerie. To be honest, it was pretty eerie. I can see why people back in the Middle Ages or these other time periods where they didn't really have as much scientific knowledge about the sun and the moon and these eclipses and stuff, I could see why they would be thinking it's the end of the world. Oh, yeah, totally. Because totally. that would be something that would just be like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? So how can we explain any of this? So no one imagined at this time that the entire country of Mexico was about to be swept up in a wave of UFO hysteria. That afternoon, a television executive named Guillermo Araguin was videotaping the eclipse from a rooftop when he noticed an unusual object overhead. Jaime Musan, a respected television journalist in Mexico, recalled his initial reaction after viewing the footage. When I saw it, I said, oh my God, this is a UFO, a real UFO. I mean, you can look at it. You can look at the video and absolutely convince what you are looking at. Now, for the rest of this segment, anytime he says video, I'm going to say video because he never says video. He says video. Um, the video, video with a B as in boy, uh, the V sound, uh, eludes him for some reason. I don't know if that's not a very video kill the radio stuff. Video kill. Yeah. Um, apparently I don't know if the V sound, the V, <laughs> the V sound is not native to the Mexican or the Spanish language. I'm not sure. Da 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 on my BCR. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this guy, it's a video. Look at the video. And uh, Jaime mm. Musan, uh, which is actually funny enough, it's it's it, we would pronounce his name Jamie. It's J A I M E, mm. but uh, I guess with Spanish it's pronounced Jaime. Whatever, uh, like Jesus, Jose, Julio, etc. Okay, we get it, Josh. Well, enough with the fucking examples. Sorry. All right. Anyway, uh, Jaime Musan produced, directed, and hosted Mexico's edition of sixty minutes. And this was Robert St- Robert Stack narrating in this, and he's like, he's <laughs> yeah. like. Jaime Musan produced, directed, and hosted Mexico's edition of 60 Minutes, or 60 Minutos. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, went off with that pronunciation. It sounded, 60 Minutos. Yeah, it sounded good. Yeah. I mean, it sounded legit, but it was just funny. Like, it's like, all right, Rob, you know, you, you got that Spanish going on. Aragin. 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 <laughs> yeah, Guillermo Aragin. 
Eight days after the eclipse, Jaime presented the Aragin footage as part of a special UFO broadcast. Uh, now, this special UFO broadcast, which I've already posted a picture of this on the unexplained... It's just a public access It's like show. a public access show. I already posted a screenshot uh, to the Facebook group. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, go to our Unexpl- Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries Facebook group. Uh, th- this is the uh, some of the most corniest public access like footage you would see. So it's got like this uh, this like blue border that looks like it was made in Microsoft Paint, and this crude little graphic of a little UFO with a little yellow spaceman sitting on the uh, UFO. And I'm looking at this, going, "Oh yeah, this this lends loads of credibility to uh, UFO enthusiasts. This doesn't at all make us look like a bunch of tinfoil hat wearing yokos." Um, did I say Yoko? 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 A bunch of Yoko Onos. <laughs> you know, that is the expression, Mike. A bunch of, that's where it came from. Nobody. Actually, I, I actually don't mind that. I think that's actually quite clever. Instead of Yokels or Yo Yos, a bunch of Yokos. Yoko Onos, yeah, that's right. I mean, she's, she's pretty out there. She's batshit crazy and she broke up the Beatles. Oh, controversy. Um, oh. So according to Jaime, the network was inundated with phone calls. The telephone lines blew up. I mean, 40,000 calls at the same time. The system was completely shut out. We received more than 15 videos, and we now know for sure, in at least seven of them, we can see the same ship that was recorded by Guillermo Aragin. Eric Aguilar, a 19-year-old student at a university uh, in Mexico, sent in one of the many videos. He was setting up the film... Uh, to film the eclipse from a rooftop when he spotted something unusual in the sky. At first, all we saw was a white dot in the sky. That's all we could see in the beginning. Later, we saw this dot that was shining brightly. It wasn't a dot anymore. It was a larger object. And it was giving off light. It was shining. So was he the one... Did they have like an uh, American... Translate. Dub him or something. Yeah, the, yeah American. It, it actually sounds like Carlos Mencia dubbing him. So if you can imagine, <laughs> you can imagine Carlos Mencia's voice. <laughs> oh God, what a what a uh, fucking show! What an awful show! That I remember. I can go. I on. used to watch that quite. I, I did. I'll be honest. Yeah, I did too. I watched okay. it. That doesn't mean it was I will good. make a confession. <laughs> I used to watch that quite a bit. Uh, now I realize how bad that show was in comparison to. Truly brilliant stuff like the Chappelle show. Well, they were riding Chappelle's but I didn't coattails. Know any better? They they came on right after Chappelle's show, so like Chappelle gave Mencia all of his ratings, and then he starts dealing jokes apparently, and then now you don't hear from him anymore. So at about the same time, sixty miles from Mexico City, a business ne- a businessman named Luis La- Lara Laura Lara videotaped a similar object, quoted as saying, "As I raised the camera, you could see something in the clouds, and it was a metal object." You could clearly see it's not a star. It's a UFO because it had a shadow underneath it. If it were a star or a planet, you would clearly see that it would be completely luminous. But this one had a little shadow underneath. This video was pretty compelling. This is one that I've seen it a few times, and it is one that I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's a hoax. Another video was shot... Maybe it's not. Another video was shot by the Breton family in Puebla, a city 80 miles east of Mexico City. Magnifying the Breton video revealed an odd wave-like disturbance behind the pulsating disc, perhaps some kind of energy trail. Now, I just got to interject right fucking here. Okay, <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries is a great show, right? But it was, uh, it was a victim of the 90s. It had a bunch of 90s technology. So when they do these analysis of these videos, when they magnify these videos and they see shit in there, 
Okay, if you take a 240p video quality image, like a really yeah, low yeah. res quality, and you, it's gonna look like a trail. Yeah, and you and you it. blow it up. It, the the it's so pixelated at that point and grainy that you can't accurately judge anything you're actually seeing on the screen. It's going the the just by nature of the pixels and how you know I'm no scientist, but just by nature of like when you blow an image up crazy, like like video for instance, where things are moving in the video. You're going to see artifacts that are a result of the poor technology. It's not going to be something yeah. that was necessarily inherent in the original picture. Um, and I feel like that was the case here. Their analysis of the UFO with the pulsating trail behind it, I feel like that was all just artifacts from the poor video quality. I agree with that. So then Hamie Musson enhanced the Adagin footage and compared it to the Breton tape. Breton? 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 I don't know. The objects were photographed nearly 100 miles apart, yet according to Jaime, they were amazingly similar. Quote, the video from Puebla, oh, I'm sorry, the video from Puebla was absolutely identical to the one we had seen with Aragin in Mexico. It was the first time in history that you had a tape of two UFOs in two different places at exactly the same moment, end quote. The, video, the, video, the videos caused a <laughs> sensation throughout Mexico, but the UFO craze was just beginning. Two months later, an engineer named Vincente Sanchez took his video camera to a military air show in Mexico City. Quote, I was following one of the planes and I saw a shiny dot in the camera. It didn't fly like a plane. It was undulating. I didn't know what was what it was, so I let the planes go off and I focused more on this shiny dot in the sky. Now, this guy kind of sounds ADD a little bit like, oh, look at the planes. Oh, look, a shiny dot in the sky. <laughs> but I digress. Uh <laughs> I guess Barney has the ADD. Ah, Jay Homer. Uh, so he goes on to say, what I saw was a bright round object about 10 meters in diameter. It was made of silver, was shining very brightly and reflected the sunlight a lot. The object appeared, undulated, and moved around quickly, end quote. A year later, a similar object was videotaped at the same air show. This time, the disc descended rapidly and mysteriously disappeared. Alejandro Leal shot amateur video of the flying disc. Quote, it was traveling against the wind, so much so that, had it been a balloon, considering the force of the helicopter blades, it would have crashed. But no, it kept on its path very straight and steady until it got lost in the sky, end quote. Since the eclipse in July of 1991, there have been thousands of sightings throughout Mexico. There is no clear pattern, although the majority have occurred in and around Mexico City. The witnesses range from pilots to doctors to bus drivers and even school children. And they actually do have a little segment where they uh, have the school children that they interview, the little cute little Mexican school children, you know, little cute rascals. Yeah. Um, but are UFOs real? It's hard to deny the images captured on videotape. A skeptic would suspect a hoax. But for those who have witnessed the mysterious objects in the sky over Mexico, seeing is believing. Now, this is where the uh, kind of the transcript ends. However, I took some more notes on this and... Um, the Jaime Musan guy, the very animated uh, Mexican uh, host of uh, Sesenta Minutos, um, he kind of has the last word in the segment because he's uh, saying basically like eyes in the sky, camera in hand. It's the video era and the video is going to solve the mystery. And that's kind of the last thing he had to say. Yeah. Now, my comment on that is what Jaime unfortunately didn't know is that it was quickly also becoming the Photoshop era. And the UFO situation has actually gotten even more fucked up now than ever before 
yeah. with people faking photos and faking video with uh, all mm-hmm. this said technology. So his his thought process was going in the right direction, but he didn't anticipate all the technology that would well, come out. Well, how could he? He could not have done that anyway. He was just basing uh, his thoughts off of what existed at the time. I know. I'm more or less saying that it's just kind of ironic to hear him say that because yeah. you would think, you would also think at that time, oh, with the you know videotapes being uh, more readily available to people, the UFO thing's going to get solved, right? You know, especially with people having yeah. cameras in their cell phones. But it's kind of done the opposite, you know. It's mm-hmm. it, there's been this this particular segment. It's one of those that I, I'm I don't know. It, it, whether were they UFOs or were they some other kind of experimental flying craft? I know it was something. Was it a hoax? It could have been a hoax. It could have been one of these three things. I don't know for sure which one it is because it doesn't seem like there's anything said in this where they had someone analyze the tapes, talk about what they saw, that kind of thing. Because usually when you know you that you have this kind of mass witness thing, there's a lot of people who analyze it and check it for artifacts and all this other stuff, and the, it didn't seem like there was any of that that was done, or at least not 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 any of it that was shown in this particular segment. So that doesn't lend a lot of credibility to this. Well, there when I think about it, they're just postulating that this is a UFO, which by definition it was an unidentified flying object. Yeah, but from the public access footage earlier in the segment, they're definitely driving at this is these are little green men in in a saucer, yeah. you know. Well, I don't really know for sure if that's the case. It could be. I mean, if you think about it, out of all the times for, you know, aliens to show up, I would say during a total eclipse would probably be one of them. That would be a pretty unique thing that doesn't happen very often. Maybe they decide to come or maybe there was something connected with you know the ancient aliens thing because there was a lot of that in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, so. it's weird too because uh, this this kind of stuff does happen a lot around. Like, you, this is not the first time I've heard of UFO sightings at an air show, for instance. Yeah. You know, so th- these kind of things uh, kind of are in in line with. Maybe they just want to show off. Yeah, they're showing off for whatever reason. Maybe the government. Because there was actually another scene, uh, there was another one, uh, it, it was on the box set, and that's actually yet another one we haven't talked about, uh, it's called Interceptors on the old Ultimate Collection, and there was this yeah. guy talking about how, you know, uh, it wasn't necessarily saying little green men, but it was it was suggesting that the government has much higher, much greater technology than what they're letting on about, because they were saying that there was yet another air show, but this was in America now, America, um, and the guy was videotaping uh, an air show, and uh, he went to tape what was what he thought was a UFO, but his camera died. Of course, that always happens in the '90s when these supposed UFOs. Are you should you should save it. <laughs> yeah, but then the, the, then he went to the air show the next year and he saw it yet again. And that time he did get uh, uh, like a few seconds, uh, a Snapchat videos worth of uh, of UFO footage. Huh. Uh, he didn't use, okay. obviously he didn't use Snapchat, but. Um, <laughs> you know, so th- this kind of cu- this stuff, you know, happens. It, it happened a lot, so yeah. it does kind of it- it's it's in uh, it's consistent with uh, other sightings and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it-, it could be uh, some government body somewhere kind of flexing their material or their military muscles and being like, "Hey, bitch, we got this. Uh, <laughs> we have this in our possession. Okay. 
just just so everyone yeah. knows, but we can't make any official announcements. But here it is, you know. Yeah. So uh, moving on, this article uh, has been floating around. It's been floating around our our Facebook uh, group uh, and our faces. Yeah, and our faces. Yeah, just faces in general. Uh, definitely figured it was something we wanted to mention. Uh, this article is is titled uh, from Decider.com. Unsolved Mysteries creator is optimistic there'll be new episodes by the end of the fucking year. I mean, fucking's not in the title, but I put it the, in there. Yeah, the creative team behind True Crime Trailblazer. Uh, try to say that five times fast. True Crime, true, true crime, and true crime Trail... <laughs> damn, that is kind of... True Crime. You want to say crime, you don't want to say crime. <laughs> the creative team behind True Crime Trailblazer, Unsolved Mysteries are kind of like the real-life Defenders in that they've had a hand in putting away innumerable miscreants over their storied career. Instead of super strength or the ability to withstand a barrage of bullets, the Unsolved Mysteries team has been thwarting the criminal element via dramatic reenactments and the sweet, super spooky voice of former host Robert Stack since the show's inception in 1987. I want to point out, I love that, the sweet, super spooky voice. It is. Perfect description. Of Robert Stack. During our current era of peak true crime television, Unsolved Mysteries, the gold standard of the genre, is no longer producing new episodes, which is a TV's travesty. I agree, but so was the reboot. So yeah, exactly. I don't really, exactly. If you're going to do it, do it right. Don't do it wrong again. I don't know if my heart can take it. I, I know, right? Please, please don't fuck this up. Unsolved Mysteries is better than any true crime series currently on the air. Agreed. In an age where nostalgia reigns supreme and reboots are handed out like a free comedy flyer in Times Square, the fact that Unsolved Mysteries isn't getting the revival treatment is equally part silly and ridiculous. Two people who likely agree with that sentiment are the creators of Unsolved Mysteries. John uh, Cosgrove and Terry Dunmore, or as we like to call them, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. On April 2017 at AMA and Reddit, the two revealed that they were in the process of reaching out to networks to gauge interest in the possibility of creating new episodes. Uh, we heard that around. Didn't, didn't, didn't we hear about that before? Yeah, there was another thing we talked there about. There were little smacks of details here and there, but it was they, not enough for an article to be written about it. Yeah. So in the true spirit of the series, decided, decided to reach out to Cosgrove in the hopes of solving the mystery of when this true crime titan might return with all new episodes. Update. We are actively talking to a couple of broadcasters who have shown interest, and we're very optimistic that we'll have something, by the way, of new episodes by the end of the year. It's too early to go into much detail, but we have had our research with producers looking to possible stories, and they found some excellent ones which can be ready to go quickly. An Unsolved Mysteries revival is a no-brainer. The classic series introduced a generation of viewers to the captivating joys of, true, of the true crime genre, and also nightmares. Lots and lots of nightmares. <laughs> Seriously, Robert Stack's dulcet, frightening voice kept the nightlight industry afloat during the 90s. For younger viewers, it wasn't a show you watched so as much as you consumed through furative peaks behind the safety of your blanket. It was a delight, a terrifying delight. And while many shows have attempted to duplicate its success, there's nothing better than the original. There's never been a better time for an Unsolved Mysteries comeback. Thanks to a trove of past episodes now available to stream on Prime Video, complete with brand new updates on older cases, the pioneering program is in the midst of a renaissance as older viewers take a familiar stroll down memory lane and younger fans discover the enigmatic joys of the series for the very first time. Plus, it wouldn't be the first time a network has been able to solve the mystery of cancellation for this particular series. 
While the original iteration ended in 2002, Unsolved Mysteries was revived by, by Spike TV from 2008 to 2010 with new host Dennis Farina. Oh, do I know all too well about that. Unsolved Mysteries was true crime before true crime was cool. John Cosgrove and Terry Dunmoyer uh, were at the forefront of an innovative genre that's both informative and entertaining. It's a series that needs to return, not just because the passionate fan base wants to see new episodes, but because there are so many mysteries that still remain unsolved. What I'm worried about is this. The kind of thing that we saw with the Dennis Farina show, but in a different way, where it's new cases that haven't been talked about on the show, but it's just a lot of sloppy seconds. Because there's all these other true crime shows that have talked about almost every single case known to man already. And I'm just afraid that's going to be the case. Where the segment reenactments aren't going to be nearly the same or nearly up to par. Uh, They're going to do fancy, stupid editing tricks like they did with the last show. The host they had, they're going to pick, isn't going to be anywhere near as good as Robert Stack, which is probably fairly likely. Um, I'm afraid it's going to be like Unsolved Mysteries in name only. And I mean, they're like a cheap cash grab. There's just, but I could be wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm holding out hope. I, I want it to be good. I just, I've been burned already with the reboot. So a second reboot, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm very leery on. I remember I was much more naive, naive in 2008. Um, I, th- I was I was like 20 years old, I think. And I remember hearing about it, about the reboot. And then they were hyping the, the first case that they were going to cover on the show was Kurt Cobain and his, his suicide or whatever. His apparent alleged suicide. Um, and I remember busting out my damn blank VHS tapes because I was not going to make the same mistake I made when I was younger by not recording the Unsolved Mysteries episodes when they came on tv yeah so i recorded the first like four episodes and man i just remember watching that shit just being so underwhelmed so like disappointed and i just it was like you had this constant urge or or craving that Man, if if only they could just show the original of this and not have this just stripped down, emotionless Dennis Farina revamp, you know. But it's like it was either that or nothing back then, from two thousand eight until two thousand ten. Yeah, and even afterward, they even st- even afterwards because they stopped they stopped airing the reruns of of the Robert Stack episode. Yeah, I feel like on I, I, I'm having a weird like uh like uh deja vu right now like yeah, I'm deja like vu. I'm re like I'm re-diving into my my unsolved mysteries YouTube video, my original versus the revamp. You're re-experiencing yeah, I'm, you're experiencing I, I, it all over. Yeah, again. I feel like I'm 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 like reenacting my my video because I said all this shit in my <laughs> video to a T. Like I nail. I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I don't normally toot my own horn, but I fucking nailed it on that video. As, you did. As far as like my arguments against. The, if it wasn't for that video, this podcast wouldn't exist. That's folks, very so. true. Yeah, Mike found that video and found me and reached out to me, and that's how it all got started. But, um, yeah, that's my whole thing. Is like, I. You know, kind of like what you said if earlier. If you're not going to do it right, don't do it at all. Yeah, and I mean, in 2008, Netflix wasn't really a thing. In 2008, indie indie stuff wasn't as big as far as, like, reaching a mainstream audience. YouTube certainly wasn't mm-hmm. as big as it is now. So I have hope 
that if it's acquired by the right people, that, that they could do something good with it. Because, you know, like shows like Stranger Things are out now where it's very it's got that retro kind of 80s feel, but it's a new, fresh story. But but they actually have understood now that, hey, let's not try to make this like a new, uh, you know, hot show for the kids. Let's keep the aesthetic. And that's kind of what Stranger Things did. That's kind of what Black Mirror did to a certain extent. You can overdo that, though. That's what I'm kind of afraid of with the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries. They're overdo it with the 80s retro stuff. Yeah, well, like I said, Stranger Things is a good example because that show takes place, I think, in the 80s, right? Or something. Yeah, and, but you can't really necessarily do the same thing with an Unsolved Mysteries show. But just the the aesthetic, though, and I also feel like there was certain kind of writing, like like the writing, the lines that they would give Stack in the show. Yeah. I feel like they were catered more towards like an older audience just how he talked the lines that he delivered i feel like if they brought it back they wouldn't and, it, and it's it's an intangible thing you kind of just have to watch the show and hear how he reads the lines what you know what the words are that he's actually saying and i just feel like that's going that kind of those little things are kind of they're going to be lost because i feel like now they're going to have a a new host and he's going to be you know he might not say, like, hashtag mysteries after all of his sentences. Oh, God. You know, but I feel like... Can you imagine if it's some, like, hipster guy? Yeah, I feel like there's going to be, uh, you know, a smudge of that in there, you know, th- th- that where they're going to try to modernize they it. They better go with an older host. You Don't give me the young, hip, cool host for Unsolved Mysteries. That's not going to work. What I liked about Unsolved um, Mysteries, too, is that, like, you got to think that the show was made for an older audience back in the fucking late 80s, early 90s. So they, they didn't, there was no irony on the show. Nothing was ironic no. or OMG, like, isn't that cray? You know, it was it was like a no-nonsense show made for older people, because older people don't care about, you know, irony and jokes and all, as far as, like, well, you know. not... Not everyone. Well, no, I'm, I'm yeah. saying like playing into their their murder shows. You know, they just want this, the yeah. straight up story and drama. I mean, hell, that's, they just want the murder. That's just the murder, please. Well, the, Nothing extra, just the murder. Well, you think about old people watch soap operas. They like dramas. You know, or they <laughs> used to uh, like old people of my day. Well, once again, up. I gotta reiterate this: not every old person I know, I, likes I, like dramas and look soap operas. <laughs> when I was a, a kid. Old people back then are different than old people now, and I need to adjust my thinking, I guess, because <laughs> old people, when I was growing up, did different shit than old people. Dude, old people nowadays are pretty much like everyone else. They have they, they watch the same shows on Netflix. They watch the same viral videos on, on their Facebook. My mom watched Stranger Things before I did. So Dude, yeah. my mom, too. My mom <laughs> has binge-watched so many of these hot new shows, and I haven't seen any of them. So yeah. my mom's more hip to shit than I am. <laughs> and my dad just watches old Twilight Zone uh, reruns on Netflix. But hey, Twilight Zone is a great show, so I don't spite him for yeah. that. So, yeah, I, I don't... Uh, I apologize if hosts. I came across a little ageist just then. I wasn't meaning to. I'm just going off of, like, old the people The right host is also going to be super important. Dennis Farina, I like him, but I don't think he was right for the show. Yeah. Um... That's one regret I have in my video, my revamp videos, that I bashed Dennis Farina a little on the hard side because since since then I've actually seen some stuff with him in it, and he was kind of a badass. Like when he was in the right yeah. when he was in the right role, like he was a good actor. 
So I, I would. Someone brought up Robert Patrick. I think that's a great idea. The T one thousand. He was in. Oh uh, yeah. Fire in the sky, which is a great uh, sci-fi horror UFO abduction story. And uh, Lance Henderson, I think, is a great choice. Peter Weller, stuff like that. You know, people who can have a commanding presence, just like Robert Stack did. And they're a little bit can can bring bring the creep. You know, it could be a little bit creepy. And add that extra. If they could, mood if they could do to, to unsolve mysteries what the Tonight Show did with Jay Leno, like that would be okay with me. Like, yes, everybody agrees Johnny Carson is the original end all be all definitive host, but Jay Leno did bring in something new to the show. Don't make it the Jimmy Fallon. Oh God, Tonight Show. Oh God, yeah that that is what we don't want to do. Jimmy Fallon is. What they did by adding him and what they have him do on the show is kind of the embodiment of what I hate about what our society has turned into with the millennial pandering and the yeah. constant, you know. Remember this? Yeah, remember, remember that? that? Yeah, that I hate that. Even though we're talking about a show that is, you know, we're kind of doing the same thing. But see, yeah. again, I go back to the fact that this isn't... We're doing it in detail, and we're not just like, remember this. We're not like the whole podcast and not just remember Unsolved Mysteries. Right, we're, remember, we're true remember. fans of the show for the art form that, that it was. Just like somebody like saying, if you like Mozart, oh, are you just being nostalgic for the, you know, 1600s, 17, whenever he was around? <laughs> Someone's going to call me out on that. Yeah. Dumbass, he was around from this time to this time. But it's like, no, people remember the classics like Mozart and Beethoven because they just put out a genuinely good product and great music. And I feel the same way about Unsolved Mysteries. Yes, there's a tinge of nostalgia in there. But like I said, you know, many times before, if I was just watching Unsolved Mysteries for nostalgia value, I'd be watching a lot of shitty shows from my childhood. Like, again, I I reference Full House and Step by Step. Which may not be shitty in your mind, but come on, they're they're uh, they're shitty they're junk, in my they're mind. junk food. You know, it's nothing substantial there. It's it's <laughs> those shows do not hold up at no, all. No, they Nowadays. don't. They sure they sure as hell don't. I mean, it's like me and, and, and VR Troopers or the original Power Rangers show. I, I I tried to watch Power Rangers again recently, leading up to the release of the new movie, which I did see and I thought it sucked. Uh, it <laughs> that that was enjoyable in a so bad it's good way but man that is not a good show i don't understand such a, the, i don't understand all these kids like my my age and your age like we're, we're in our late 20s me and mike and i don't uh, maybe you can answer this mike i don't understand all these people who are like still and i know i know they're being ironic on some level i know that all these kids don't all these adults all these full-grown men and women i should say you don't really like Power Rangers as an art form. There's there's this tongue-in-cheek... No, some people do. Some people do. There are some diehard Power Rangers fans. Trust me. Really? With that yes. fucking Saved by the Bell dialogue and acting? I under- I, I mean, I, I the best things about Power Rangers were the Power Ra- the Sentai, Super Sentai footage. Because the, the stuff with the... That was pretty cringe-inducing to watch again. Well, that's part I mean, of the show. I completely forgot how bad that was. That's that's Power Rangers. <laughs> the, the stuff with the actors, with the with the teens at, at whatever the fuck the name was of the high school they were at. Pine Grove, something Grove. Wasn't it a Grove of some kind? Highland Grove. I don't know. 
a pine tree up your ass grove uh, as well know. but it's <laughs> like it's like come on now you know it's like this show sucks it's lame you know grow the fuck up you know pokemon is not a good game you know being a child it was fun but you're not anymore so i don't know i'm i'm not going to anger the pokey fans so okay. i'm not going to poke the, the pokemon pokemon's fans. it's an okay game but like the level that people go with it the level that they take it, it's like it becomes a lifestyle at, at some point with some people and that's where well, I look how big pokemon go was for all of like 10 exactly seconds. <laughs> that's my point these people don't really like it they're just jumping on a fucking bandwagon and that's what well, it was me. it was it was big and then hillary clinton said pokemon go to the polls and then it, it just it went down Did she really say that the tubes yes oh my god it was it was it was super cringe. I mean, I won't say I'm. Gl- we should all Pokemon go she, to the you polls. You know, this was really the worst election that we've ever had because it, it was it was a train wreck on both you sides. You had Hillary Clinton was the most unrelatable. Uh, <laughs> they were they were uh, yeah. both so unrelatable and unlikable, like both I, of them. I, I, I'm I'm bringing out the hook. Jesus, like <laughs> I'm bringing I'm bringing out the hook, Josh. That's oh okay, you're. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) Mike's wrangling me back. All right, fair enough. Let's get to some news of the bazaar, shall we? Let's get away from the politics. Okay. Yeah, you were the one who brought Hillary Clinton, and then you know I just I did, but it it is it is it did tie into the Pokemon. I smelled blood after that. That that is that is one of the main reasons why that game completely fell off the radar, but also because it was a fad, and then it it people got mugged while they were playing the game and and that that didn't help dude either. even my ex-girlfriend at the time who never gave two fucks about video and games and then it didn't work like didn't work properly like even my ex downloaded the pokemon go app and i'm like i i was like e2 brute e2 uh it was <laughs> it was uh it was e2 brute e2 yeah there you go so anyway here we have a couple more uh bizarre bits can I, of news can i just say guys. right now like like I feel like we're doing a great job on this podcast so far. Yeah, I think it's going pretty good too. I mean, I I, so, I feel like this is just uh just 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 a plus for this one. Totally makes up for the last one where I was sleepy. <laughs> so uh, I'll cover this first one. You can you can cover the okay. lizard people apocalypse. Patients are treated for putting sunscreen in eyes during a solar eclipse. <laughs> report says. I love it. I love how like matter of fact they are too with this headline. They're not like ironic about it or I would I would be like a bunch of stupid people are treated for putting sunscreen in their eyes. Those looking for alternative ways to protect their eyes from Monday's solar eclipse are now seeking medical treatment after putting sunblock on their eyeballs. Oh my god. I can't even put contacts in. Because it just freaks me out, the idea of just poking my eye or putting something in my eye. These people are fucking nuts. Nurse practitioner Trish Patterson tells KRCR she hasn't seen any causes of damage by looking directly at the sun, but she and her colleagues have seen a few patients who experience pain after putting sunblock in their eyes. Any cases of damage, not causes by damage. If you look at the sun, it will cause damage, but she hadn't seen any cases of damage by it. Cases, okay. My, my bad. I, I guess I have brain damage, apparently, from reading this. Our our podcast this has now gone article. down to a B-. minus. 
<laughs> no, I still think it's an A plus. All right. So anyway, uh, they uh, just shot. Did they shoot it in their eyes? Like, well, what? Did, how did yeah, they do? Yeah. How do you this? apply it? Yeah. Do you rub it in? You obviously couldn't do that. <laughs> you have to squirt it in your eyes like a damn Heinz ketchup bottle or some <laughs> shit. You just be like, oh, let me open my eye here, honey. Give me, give me the the sunblock. Oh, my uh, eyes are burning. That's the sun, yeah, honey. Let the, the, the suntan lotion do its work. Or the sunscreen, whatever. <laughs> uh, how about just a little drop will do you? Ah! Son of, oh, that just means son of a bitch. That, Why wasn't there a warning label? <laughs> my hand needs to be held in all aspects of my life now. That's a sus. I'm going to sue. I'm going to oh, sue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why not? No, there's probably something on it that says... Do not. Put well, it no, in I'm your saying eyes. absolutely, as in like that's our society. That would absolutely happen now. Like, fuck well, that's what happened the hot coffee thing. And I know, yes, there's a documentary that explained that the coffee was a bit too hot, but regardless, it's still hot coffee. You're getting coffee. What are you expecting? It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be cold coffee. Reminds me of that. Scene. You didn't order a mocha. It reminds me of that scene in, in um, the- uh, Clerks, the first Clerks, where it's got the guy coming up to the cashier and he's going. What do you mean you don't have any ice? You expect me to drink this coffee hot? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, apparently they shot sunscreen in their eyes. And one of this is uh, Trish just quoted here. One of my colleagues at Moonlight here stated yesterday that they had patients presenting at their clinic that put sunscreen on their eyeball and presented that they were having pain and they were preferred to an ophthalmologist. La, la, la. Uh, fancy term for optometrist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If it's, I, I forgot that our, our rule of of I am not supposed to send you articles where there are words that have more than five letters in them. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, it's 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 my bad. Uh, this is kind of a weird word, anyway. According to the National Capital Poison Center, sunscreen getting in your eyes can cause pain and irritation. They recommend rinsing with running water as the best first aid. Why did they not do that? That's another thing I'm thinking about. Oh, my eyes are burning. I'm just, I gotta go to the hospital. I mean, isn't it kind of like the first instinctual reaction to when you get something painful in your eyes to find the nearest water source and, and, and rinse yeah. it out? I mean, it's my first reaction. Maybe they did, but they put so much in that it didn't, it didn't help. I mean, like, I used to use this moisturizing cream on my face. Yes, that happens sometimes. Um, Did you have a face mask and everything, and then you know, Mike, lay down and then have have some cucumbers on your eyes. When God blessed you with a face, play some spa music. Listen, (laughs) God damn it! When God blesses you with a face like this, you want to preserve it. That's all I'm having. That's all I want to say. Got to get your beauty sleep. Yeah, thank God that's happening again. Um, (laughs) But no, I used to use this moisturizing cream, and uh, I guess it was it had too much salicylic acid in it or whatever the fuck that component is called and man even getting that in my eyes it burns so bad it irritated my eyes for so long and it's like i think because it's like oil based even though can you imagine shooting that in your eye no yeah and because directly in your eye because it's like oil based it's really like water it like doesn't really help that Mm -hmm. much so maybe that's why they went maybe they did try i don't know so, so that, so yeah. First of all, it's just stupid. It's an absolutely dumb thing to shoot or squirt or rub sunscreen in your eyes to try to, I guess, get around the fact you can't get any uh, Eclipse glasses because scalpers bought them all and are charging ridiculous prices, or you weren't able to get any, or you were one of the suckers who bought ones that were a bunch of fakes because that happened. 
there were people who, and I'm worried about that. People who thought they got some legitimate sunglasses, you know, sunglasses. That's that. That's basically what they are. Yeah, uh, they thought they got some legitimate sunglasses, and then they got a bunch of fakes, and maybe might have fucked their eyes up. Uh, there were actually uh, some recalls that happened. Uh, Fred Meyer had had theirs recalled. Uh, Dutch Brothers had theirs recalled as well because they were not of the right. What is it? It's a special special term for uh, the, the the polarization, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the polarization. It wasn't the right polarization. So speaking of bizarre things and pretty so dumb things, our next- I would I would think this would be a pretty dumb thing for you know to happen and then people who believe in this i gotta be honest you gotta be pretty gullible or or insane to believe that lizard people are a thing all right buddy my you're really you're really stepping on some thin you need to watch where you're treading because i believe in this and you're offending my fucking religion so you need to just watch your tongue a little bit there fella i'm gonna read you this oh sorry I just had a, a... You need to just go wash, period. A guy who uh, actually believes in this shit just walked in my room. He's gone now, so I'll read you this article. I, I can smell the guy from over yeah. here. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> showers are not efficient, you know. they're th- Not every day, you know. Maybe once a week. He doesn't take a shower because he's probably afraid that the lizard people will be somewhat involved with the showering process. So according to Newsweek, the solar eclipse could bring lizard people. South Carolina emergency officials <laughs> warn. Really? Oh, my God. And, and, this, and this is on Newsweek. Yeah, this is this has got a little bit more uh, sass in their uh, title here because it says in parentheses, really. 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 Like, it's really. They're really saying this. I don't know why I just gave it that accent. Whatever. Uh, There are some legitimate things to worry about concerning the solar eclipse later this month, such as going blind from staring at the sun or having to figure out a way to play sporting events in partial light. But the South Carolina Emergency Management Division is worried about something a bit more, let's say, non-traditional. The department tweeted this week a map of where folks are said to have spotted lizard people in the past. Out of concern that the paranormal activity might be on the rise during the eclipse, Quote, regarding possible paranormal activity potentially occurring during the solar eclipse 2017, as always... Hashtag solar eclipse 2017. Hashtag solar eclipse 2017. As always, if you see something, say something, end quote. The de- I don't know why. I guess it was something on Twitter. The department... Must be. The department tweeted alongside the graphic with tongue possibly in cheek, though who knows. South, <laughs> South Carolina does have a history with lizard men, more than on... More on that in a second. And the text accompanying the map, which graphed eight lizard men sightings, suggested that the department was somewhat serious with its post. It read, quote, this t- historical map is in response to recent media. Historical. Is in response to recent media reports about possible paranormal activity associated with the upcoming total eclipse. Uh, the Sir- South Carolina Emergency Management Department does not know if lizard men become more active during a solar eclipse. <laughs> But we advise that residents of Lee and Sumter counties should remain ever vigilant. Wow. wow. This right. is a hy- hysterical map. Do they actually show lizard like Oh, this is this is not a, a historical map. This is a hysterical one. By the on this map that they have hilarious. on the compass rose. <laughs> I got they got a people. little black lizard icon. <laughs> that's that's cute. And then you look at the tiny green ones, there's tiny lizard on there. Oh, that's that's adorable. 
the state, which is some kind of periodical, I would imagine, has detailed the rich history and recent resurfacing of the lizard man. I thought it was they were referencing the MTV sketch comedy show. God, that this sounds like something they might have done. That is that an show. obscure reference, Mike. Uh, that like two people will know about. Uh, myself not being one of them. Uh, it's actually a pretty good show. So the state has detailed the rich history and recent resurfacing of the lizard man, who apparently first appeared in the state in 1998. The state being the, the actual state. Oh, 88. Okay. Uh, the creature or creatures, who knows. Uh, has been described as a scaly, seven-foot-tall, red-eyed, devilish thing. Local man Jim Wilson described seeing what could have been the lizard man to a local newspaper in 2015. Quoting him, it says, It was a dark, tall figure that had a tail and appeared to have scales, Wilson told the, st- the slate. Okay, did they make a misprint? Because <laughs> I think they in did. In the first it says the state, and now it's saying the slate. Okay, so... It's probably the slate. Okay, the slate. Newsweek has some top... Uh, fact or uh, proofreaders. Well, you can tell that they're running out of uh, stuff to publish when they they have to write an article about fucking lizard people. Yeah. Um, A Newsweek of all things. So he goes on to say, it was almost like an alligator with a short nose and long legs. The Charleston Post and Courier described the first ever (laughs) apparent sighting of the lizard man in 1988 as detailed by the then 17-year-old Christopher Davis who spied the creature after he fixed a flat tire near a swamp. He claimed the red-eyed devil chased him down, jumped on the roof of his car as the teen sped away. Davis said he was able to chuck the beast off the roof and live to tell a tale. So if you're in South Carolina on August 21st, maybe just avoid swamps. <laughs> God, the, the cheekiness I could have I could have done without. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. N- n- I... I- <laughs> It's just funny with the whole thing about lizard people or during the eclipse or, or people shooting sunscreen in their eyes. It's, it's just like, you know, if there really were such a thing as lizard people or there were, go- you know, ghosts were possibly able to be around more during the eclipse, it was this very short amount of time. Also, if aliens traveled f- multiple galaxies to our galaxy and our planet to just see the eclipse i i would think they'd be pretty fucking bored and think it's pretty lame and then not really think much of it i mean we're we're pretty self-centered as a people if we think our our eclipse is so goddamn special (laughs) exactly i mean how many other eclipses are going on out in the other planets you could have the aliens to be like oh that's oh that's just one you call that an eclipse that is a joke. <laughs> we are from we see we are from France. We see three because we have three suns. No, probably not. Whatever. No, uh, I mean, regardless, <laughs> some planets do have multiple suns. So I don't know what else to say, except that I've had a good time. America, I, I America isn't. We might not be the dumbest country in the world, but we do dumb. When we do dumb, we do it all out. We don't... uh, Go big or go home. We don't fuck around with our stupidity here. So yeah, I've had fun. Uh, uh, I hope that you all have had fun. I haven't had fun. Really? No, I have. 
I'm just I'm a contrarian. I can't help it. I automatically have to be that kid in the back going, "Oh, it's stupid. I don't like it if everyone else likes it." <laughs> what I really want to say to you is Mike is I had the time of my life and I never felt this way before. And I swear it's the truth and I owe it all to you. <laughs> Don't, 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 don't. Uh, yeah. Anyway, nobody puts Josh in a corner. <laughs> no, but I do need to be wrangled back sometimes. So yeah, I guess that's. Uh, I'm looking at the clock. We're clocking in at one forty, one forty one here, and that's before any editing. So, Jesus, seems like this this podcast is taking forever, but it's really going to probably come in at our normal time. Um, that's just how it is being around Mike. It feels like an eternity just being around him for an hour. Well, that's not nice. Folks, all this, like, us getting along and shit is really just an act. It's kind of like any band that makes it, you know? Like, when we're on stage, we're smiling, and me and Mike are rubbing shoulder blades together when we're doing our guitar solos, but then as soon as, like, it's done, we both go to our trailers, and we don't talk to each other, and it's just a bunch of resentment. That's not at all what it's No, like. not really. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, I guess that's the end of the podcast. If you guys want to um, see more of, of me and Mike, but separately, you can do that on our respective YouTube channels. Uh, Mike's YouTube channel is youtube.com slash OCP communications. He does a lot of movie reviews. What, what's your most recent video, Mike? Uh, I did a review of a film called Monkey Shines. Didn't Nostalgia Critic... No, Nostalgia Critic did Monkey Bone. Yeah, he did Monkey Bone. Okay, Monkey Shine. All right, well, if you want to know about Monkey Shine, go to the go over to Mike's channel. He does other stuff on there, but he's mainly a movie guy. See, Mike was smart in the sense that he branded himself. Hey, I do this one thing, so if you mainly like this one thing, here's a bunch more of that one thing. Me... Well, I do a few other things, too. Yeah, but, but you're mainly movie guy. Yeah. See, me, I was like, I can't commit to anything including a YouTube channel as far as ideas are concerned. So I'm going to do everything and uh, not get any one following or any one audience. Uh, so if... But hey, you got 600-something subscribers. Yeah, that's right? mm. my channel. And, and I, think you're, I think your video where you were testing the tire inflator did... I got over 2,000 views. Yeah, so. that one's done all right. Uh, my my videos, they're, you know, they come in, like, you never know what's with my channel, what, what video's going to hit and what's not. Um, I don't really have an audience, so I kind of have to rely solely on, like, suggest, you know, YouTube suggesting my videos to other people. Just throwing a dart. Yeah, pretty much. At, at a dartboard, blindfolded. You know, I could, just I could put, it'll land somewhere. I could put 40 hours, board. I could put 40 hours of time into making a video and it gets 100 views. Well, a lot of a lot of my videos haven't got a lot of views lately either. I, I'm doing rev- reviews of older movies. If I do one on a newer film, it does a little bit better, depending on when I post it. But I just think that's just so lame, and I, and I get super tired of that. If I was a critic and I was just posting nothing but reviews of films that came out this year, it's just I mean, you, you got to feel like at a certain point, like what am I saying? What am I bringing to this that? somebody else hasn't already brought to the table as far as a review. That's why I like talking about more obscure movies. Even if I don't get that many views, I'd rather talk about that. 
Yeah, at the end of the day. I try to do a balance, you know. I do the shit that I think people are going to like. I knew reviewing that Airhawk, yeah. it would probably get a lot of views because people like reviews of stuff. I think people watch that video mainly for informative purposes, not for entertainment, which I yeah. don't want to be that guy. I want to entertain. I don't want to inform. Uh, clearly, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> you know that's true. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out these said videos I keep rambling about, it, my channel is youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts plural ghosts many ghosts not just one ghost uh my album is also because that would be sad yes uh it was just one ghost my album has also been out for a while now some of you lovely people on the podcast have bought it uh you can still buy it if you go to Bandcamp. there's a commercial for it at the end of every one of these damn podcasts i need to update that well i think i did update the commercial last podcast but uh yeah anyway i think for me and mike that's uh that's it that's all that's all folks bye kids no, this is wrong. Uh, I have to say bye, and then your your last. You always have the last word, so let's do that again. Bye, kids. See ya. What's up, guys? The new Dancing with Ghosts album that I have been working on is out now. You can buy it on iTunes or Bandcamp.com or anywhere else online where music is sold. Uh, if you go on Bandcamp, you can get a CD, a compact disc. Isn't that old school and retro of me? Remember those? Uh, or you could just message me on Facebook and say, hey, I want a copy of your CD and I will mail it out to you. But uh, yeah, it's out now and it is it is finished and it's uh, some good stuff. So uh, if you want to go out and check that out, then uh, like I said, search iTunes anywhere else. Uh, music is sold online or go to bandcamp.com and search Dancing with Ghosts. Thank you. I'm also recording. I'm going to hold my headphone up right up to this mic and say say something. All right, here we go. Say something. Meteor shit. <laughs> Going with the old classic meteor shit. I like it. I really do. Um, okay, so I guess... You know both... what that's from? No, I don't. It's from Creepshow. It's a line that uh, Stephen King says because he's actually in one of the segments. He plays a, a yokel named Jordy Verrill. For some reason, I, I like like funny random shit like that. I like it better when I don't know like the meaning behind it. <laughs> a lot of people aren't like that though. A lot of people like they they gotta know what what does it mean? What why did you say that? What does it mean? Like to me, if yeah. if something's funny, like I just I just like random. The randomness of it like mm. there is no explanation it's just something i said you know i, I don't know but yeah. not many people are like me so yeah everyone wants explanations your goddamn explanation um <laughs> i sound like bev from rocco's modern life yeah exactly ed ed what are you doing get in here <laughs> god that show was good did you get it on dvd no no it's pretty cheap. You get it for like 20 bucks on Amazon.
The whole uh, series? The whole series. Oh, wow, okay. And there's a revival coming soon. Have really? you seen the short? No. Have you seen the short? You should definitely watch that. It's great. Oh, shit. Got all the same animators, the same style. Uh, it's almost, a movie. I almost New wanna... Rocco's Modern Life movie. I almost want to watch that right now. <laughs> well, I'll put it, I'll, I'll add it to my watch later. SDCC Rocco's Modern Life Static. No, it's this. This is the one I saw. It's only two minutes, actually. You could probably watch it. Are you sending it to me? Yes. I know it's going to be on your mind anyway. You'd be like, oh, God. I... Yeah, yeah, murder. Yeah, some guy, some girl got murdered with a hammer. I I, I want to. I wanna... <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life has a new <laughs> movie coming out. You All got right. it? Oh, yeah, hold on. Let me take it. Oh, it looks it looks weird. Well, it's HD. Yeah. Uh, fellas. Yeah. I don't think we're in the nineties anymore. <laughs> I don't think we're in the nineties anymore. <laughs> they all sound the same. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, Heifer actually sounds a lot different. This is a phone, but where are all the buttons? I think he sounds similar. When he said that, I just got the new Ophone 8, that he sounded yeah. really different. Well, it's been a while since the voice actors have done this. Rocco and uh, Gilbert sound exactly the same. Yeah. Kind of a lot of comics. Hell yeah. My old job. Uh, where's the door? Where are the comics? <laughs> Whoa! This food truck sells pizza tacos. <laughs> I got a wiener taco. I got a wiener taco. taco. Inside another taco. <laughs> what did you get, Rocco? Food poisoning. <laughs> no more games. <laughs> food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Are they listening to, like dubstep, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Reboot. <laughs> nice. Oh man, I love seeing all that old, the old intro and shit, but yeah. like redone with the same animation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 21st century is a very dangerous 21st century is a very dangerous century. Oh man, dude, that was fucking nuts. <laughs> I don't You know, the whole like gag of uh bringing back old shows and then the old shows responding to how things are in 2017, you know, how would they react? It's kind of like yeah, that that shtick has kind of been done a lot, though. I mean, that was pretty good what I just saw, but like the whole like yeah, but this is just an intro thing. Like this is just like a little clip trailer. The yeah, whole movie's not gonna be 
probably just focus just on that. Like when they brought Beavis and Butthead back, they didn't really change. Like they didn't really change anything. Like they, I think they. I would have to say that the last season of that show is one of the most underrated sh- seasons of the of the entire series. Oh my god! It, because it, it, was so, it was so fucking good. I don't. Yeah. Like people are just so douchey now. It's not grabbing my attention. It's not fast enough and clickbaity enough to keep my attention for more than 15 seconds as- i loved it when they were parodying the ma- the mtv shows the reality shows i mean they were commenting commenting on jersey shore and and my whatever something addiction and the guys addicted to porn that one i love that one yeah because there's taking this uh girl over to uh uh chicken restaurant or something and they're having chicken wings and the guys and they're just ribbing him and and then music videos are made fun of too like a firework is like you're not a firework you're just a plastic bag that's blowing in the wind yeah it was <laughs> an empty plastic bag they, they 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 did the whole twilight thing where they they mm-hmm. wanted to be vampires so they had some homeless guy bite them and then they both yep. got like really hepatitis. sick hepatitis yeah hepatitis <laughs> Yeah, man, it's like, uh, people... It's the only season I have officially on DVD is that season, because the other DVDs are not really Oh, they released that on it. DVD? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. It, and, like, everything's intact when they actually yep. review... Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, because, yeah, the Mike Judge collection sucks. Uh, you you gotta you gotta bootleg that shit online to get the, the King uh, Turd. You gotta get the King Turd collection. I have I have that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's better than the one you had previously, which the guy just recorded off the TV. Yeah. Oh my god, I still have that. I, I hold on to that like a funny little like boot, like Bobo ass relic. You know, dude, I couldn't believe that uh, shit. I couldn't believe that either, especially how much I paid. The price went down on the guy who's like burning the D- DVDRs. Uh, from my offer, it's like sixty bucks now. That's not bad for as many as you get for the Beavis and Butthead no. or the Unsolved Mysteries. No, for for Unsolved Mysteries, for the VHS reps. Ugh. From the Amazon or the uh, the V? Oh, the VHS, the VHS oh, reps. Okay, okay. Sixty bucks. Really, yeah. what I'd like is not that much because I just want the missing segments from each season. <laughs> I'm happy with what I have, honestly. I like you getting me on that. Uh, I, I yeah, pl- I plan on using. I'm all gonna this keep. As I'm gonna keep ripping you, bugging you. Give me the, the, some links to those other ones. You shouldn't but, have deleted uh, it. God damn it! You did? No, I said you shouldn't have deleted it. Uh, I didn't have the space. Now I do. But there's I didn't that have the sass time. again. Uh, I didn't have the space. Uh, er. Uh, er, uh, er. Um, now it sounds just sexual like you're <laughs> getting rammed in the ass or something er, uh, it's, it's, it sounds like you're the one that's getting rammed in the ass <laughs> well you don't know what my processes are before I start this podcast do you you can't you can't start recording a, a new episode of uncovering unexplained mysteries without your uh, ass ramming, ass ramming. yeah <laughs> It really knocks out the cobwebs. Anyway. Ho-ho! <laughs> All right, let's get into this shit, shall we? Yeah. All right, we're episode 61. Tons of fun. Bathing in the sun. 